Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schubel. Melissa Yakubowski in this morning from uh, the University of Mary Washington. We are going to talk about uh, UMW admissions. Good morning. It's good to have you back. Good morning. It's good to be back. I'm Sarah Lindbergh, who is our director of freshman first year admission, um, is sad that she wasn't here today. She's recruiting in Florida. So she sends her regards to. We missed, we do miss her. You, you two, you two were as good of a, of a tandem as I have ever had. Well, so you'll return and she's she's doing i guess what first year admissions persons do recruiting that is an interesting how do you do a lot of that and, and, and go to different places that you that, that could be hot spots we tend well we we blanket the the commonwealth because we first cover our backyard um and yeah. that's where most of our students are coming from so that is our absolute priority but um but we love to have a a, a geographically diverse community as much as we possibly can i mean i think we're really well known regionally um so we have a lot of out-of-state students from Maryland and Pennsylvania, Delaware, and D.C. Um, we're growing in North Carolina, but um, but we need to also expand into other markets. And and Florida actually is is a great market to be in. There's a lot of growth and, and mobility after COVID, and so um, it's not just for, for retirees anymore. Um, there are actually a lot of high school students that are are looking to to travel north uh, for college. And it makes sense just because of the location. Dr. Farnsworth was here a few few weeks ago, and we were we were talking about about that. And if if in, in his area, political science, but so many areas where we are in DC, close to DC, and and, and and even Richmond, there are a lot of opportunities that Absolutely. that a UMW student can have in smaller class sizes. It, it it does make sense. Well, and and we we have a very strong focus on preparation for life after Mary Washington, and so um, experiential, high impact, out of the classroom learning experiences are really a hallmark of of the Mary Washington education. So whether that is community service learning through projects in our community mm-hmm. or, or undergraduate research or internship opportunities, you have this wonderful suburban, beautiful campus to live on, um, but with such great proximity to, to major cities. Um, so our students may head to Richmond and work with state government and agencies, big businesses down there, or they may, you know, take the VRE into DC and, and work with various agencies within the, the federal government, um, organizations up there the media uh you name it they really can tailor what they're doing and and that really is super critical for life you know where they're landing their first job making those connections um really even determining what kind of field they want to go into many students may decide they don't want something and um, based on an internship experience because they learn what it's really like um, and yeah. then for others it really solidifies what they want to do in the future and you look at the class sizes and what what you can do you can do so much more with just a class size that mary washington has than if you go to a, to a bigger place and are, are nothing more than a number absolutely so um, a huge percentage of our courses are, are fewer than than 20 or 30 students the student faculty ratio is about 13 to 1 so professors at Mary Washington are really there to teach. They like to engage and mentor students. And so um, that is is why they're they're with us and, and able to engage and, and even mentor beyond. Uh, once a student graduates, they still remain in contact and connection and, and become advisors. So 
I know some people that have gone to, their kids have gone to colleges and have signed up with, with some of the well-known professors. And they're always so disappointed when they say they hardly ever see that professor because, like you say, they're doing research or, or other things and they, they're they not always teaching. And you don't get that at Absolutely. Mary Washington. Um, so no, no, um, no teaching assistance. No, um, the focus is on undergrad yeah. education. So we really don't even have graduate students on our campus other than a small MBA program, an MED program. Um, so you get access. Students have access to the professor directly, and that's who they're seeing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursdays in the classroom and, and exchanging um, texts and, and emails um, after hours. I mean, they really are advisors and mentors. They get to know them. So if I'm in a situation where my kids can't make up their decision, is it too late? Not at all, actually. Um, so the, the process, and I think this is just an unusual year in general, because there's a, a lot happening with um, with the FAFSA, but um, in many cases, there are still great opportunities for students who are who are seniors or transfer students, kind of coming to this process now. Yeah. Um, so there may be priority filing dates that have passed, um, but individual institutions, including Mary Washington, still are happy to consider students um, on a, a case by case basis. Um, consider unusual circumstances or um, just the fact that that students are kind of engaging now instead of, of earlier in the process so not too late to apply but time is of the essence um, so yeah. uh, you don't want to delay too much longer or else you might be looking at a, a semester later maybe a spring start or or maybe fall 25 but um, but definitely there are still options if a student would like to start um, at Mary Washington or other institutions in the fall of 25. Melissa, fall of 24, get, excuse me. To get in touch with you, what, what's, what's the best way to, to get in touch with admissions? Sure. I mean, um, admit at umw.edu is a, a great way to just drop us a line. Um, we take a territory management approach. Um, and so we actually have a counselor, one of our, our associate director actually is the individual who works all of the local high schools. His name is Jerry Brown. So, um, so we can put you in touch with Jerry okay. to talk about your opportunities and where you are in the process and we'd love to have you on campus there's still great options to to visit yet um, um, daily information sessions and tours I know for a fact my student is in a Spotsylvania school um, that spring break is coming up in just yeah. a couple of weeks and so that's a great opportunity to visit no my wife took my son and his friends all around a winter all around Virginia on, on spring break and had a great time it is. I, you know, I think um, that's part of the fun of the college search process is the exploration, hopefully together um, as as parent and, and student. I really enjoyed those road trips with my daughter uh, when we, we did those when she she's now a sophomore um, in another state. But um, loving her experience, um, she wanted to go where it was warmer and um, near water. Uh, and so, so we had a, a really good time making the rounds um, at, for colleges for her. And I have a sophomore in high school now, and so we are, are just getting started. We did um, a visit over the summer when we were on vacation to a school that she was interested yeah. in. And, and so really, you can tack them on at any point, but, the, but spring breaks can be a great opportunity to organize visits. We'll take a break and come back. Melissa Yakubowski here, the uh, Dean of Admissions at UMW. More on News Talk 1230. WFVA. Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230. You can weigh in about today's topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230 and by text at 540-371-5756. Here's your host, Ted Schubel. 
Melissa Yakubowski here this morning from the University of Mary Washington. She's the uh, the, the Dean of Admissions. Admit at umw.edu if you've got uh, questions or want to go and take a campus tour, walk around and, and, and talk to people. Melissa, you just talked before the break about going going with your kids and going around to, to different schools. That can be fun. And, absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to – I know I was going to say – so what – Walk us through the, how, how do I decide? Or as a parent, what do I ask? Sure. I mean, well, the idea of, of building the list of, of schools that you want to visit could happen at different points in the process. So if, if um, your student is maybe a, a high school sophomore or even a junior um, to begin and you're not really sure what's out there, then I strongly encourage to start locally, start in your backyard. Mary Washington's a great place to start, mm-hmm. even if it's not top of your list and you think you wanna go to California or Florida. Um, you know, start local just to get a sense and feel for, for campus size and culture and what happens at a visit. Um, I made my daughter do an open house on Mary Washington's campus just a couple of weeks ago to kind of get an idea of what happens at an open house, yeah. for example. But um, you, the great thing, you know, if you are able to, to plan visits over spring break or in the summertime, um, include a variety of schools. If you, if you haven't sort of defined your criteria, what's really important to your student, um, whether that is location or size or, um, uh, or, or learning environment, then it's good to experience a variety. So go to a really large institution like George Mason, which is the biggest in, in the Commonwealth, or or Virginia Tech. Maybe you want to try a small institution like a Mary Washington or a Longwood um, to see, or even some of the privates. There are public and privates out there, but there's a lot that you can do within a short period of time and even road trips um, that don't require a whole lot of expense. But you can start to get a feel for what's out there. And as students sort of go through that process, I think you're you're going to find that some characteristics sort of rise to the top as priorities for an experience. Maybe they decide that they don't want to be in a really large lecture hall with 700 people hmm. and a, a a teaching assistant kind of yeah. leading that. Um, they decide they want to be in a small classroom. Maybe you decide you really do want huge athletic life and and a, a Division One football team that plays games every Friday night. Um, so there could be students that decide that food's really important. And so I always encourage students to kind of stay and sample the food. But uh, but building that list and starting out, depending on where you are in the process, if you have a defined list of schools already because you've started to narrow things down for what you're looking for or whether you are just sort of getting started and you want to experience different sizes and locations um, all great ways to kind of build your list of where to go and it, it, every every place is different and, and they, it does really sort of you, you do want your you do want your kids to go to somewhere where they're going to be able to fit in and feel comfortable Absolutely. And, um, you know, that that really does, I think it's why it echoes why the visit is so important, because you can see a lot on paper, you can see a lot on websites, virtual tours. But until you really set foot on the campus and feel it um, and not just doing the the 
you know, scheduled formal visit, like the information session and tour, but actually spending a little bit of time afterwards, sitting on benches, observing people walking around. What are they doing? What, you know, looking at bulletin boards and seeing what's offered, you know, what are the activities that students have to do over the weekend? Um, those kind of things, exploring the town, because you don't just live on campus when you're, um, mm. when you're at college. You have to make a Target or a Walmart run every now and then, or you might want to go eat food in a restaurant that isn't the dining hall. Yeah. Um, and so you need to understand what kind of community you're also moving into, um, how safe it is, what there is to do even off campus as well. My parents were always impressed when we would visit college campuses when students would say hi and would be friendly and to them that was really big and they when we would kind of you know narrow the list down that they always went for the friendlier so i'm sure you hope that that you know the the community is is friendly and, and welcoming absolutely um I, you know, the the pandemic has changed a little bit of that, though. I will tell you, a lot of students now, headphones, earbuds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Interesting. Yeah. It's, eye contact is really important and, and looking happy. Like, I mean, that does send a message for yeah. sure. So, um, so we work on that. We work on that on all of our campuses, actually, these days. So Interesting. Never thought of that, that that, that would... And, the, the, the whole pandemic in college recruiting and getting people in, that's a whole nother show. But I'm sure that your your life changed dramatically, I would think. It, it did. You know, we went we went online pretty quickly um, uh, and uh, canceled um, and closed actually immediately before an admitted student event. And that was that was probably our um, the most sad part of, of yeah. this sort of COVID. Um, but students did have a lot of time to, prior to that, to experience campus and, and appreciate the full process. So um, the class of 2020, I don't think, was as affected as probably the class of 2021. Yeah. They they had it worse um, just because they were pretty much entirely online and um, or or impacted in some way. But um, but we're coming out of that now. And, and I'm, I'm excited. Like, there's a little bit of, of, I think, training our students to come back out. We did a great job of telling them to protect themselves mm-hmm. and stay in. Um, and so, so it's, it's nice to see that revitalization of, of student life and yeah. all the traditions that, um, that we love uh, on our campus. So it is. No, just, just to drive, drive around the campus again and see people out. And sure. It just was so different. Well, and we've got, you know, we've got some wonderful outdoor spaces and, and really interesting traditions that bring people out on campus. Certainly commencement is probably our largest mm-hmm. um, right in the center of campus on Ball Circle. But um, we've got a, a kind of unusual tradition called Devil Goat Day, which is sort of a field day, the last week of classes. Um, so that Thursday before the last day of classes where everyone comes out devil you're a devil if you're an odd number graduation year you're yeah a goat i'm a goat because i'm an even number 94 oh. um graduation year and so there's there's competitions there's free t-shirts there's usually music sometimes there's giant adult inflatable kind of bouncy houses and things like that but but a lot of fun i never knew about this how did i miss this yeah, well i mean it's an internal thing it's a yeah. tradition for for our students but it's probably one of the 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 best and biggest um, that we have that brings all of campus out, and um, and that happens right right smack dab in the middle of, of campus outside, weather permitting. What so, a fun thing, though! It is fun. What, yeah. see, it's it's, it's those kinds of things. Yep. It's those kinds of things that 
that, that you can offer and, and, and talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what, uh, Melissa Yakubowski here this morning from, from, from UMW. FAFSA. This <laughs> has caused a lot of people. FAFSA on its own was fairly I, stressful and complicated. But now there are all kinds of new new changes or new... There, 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 there are new things with it, but they're not releasing them. Not, not quite. So, um, so I, you know, the FAFSA instills anxiety in parents, <laughs> like SAT does for the students. It's true. Right? Yeah, it's true. And so, um, the FAFSA, FAFSA Simplification Act. Um, passed by Congress was really designed to make this process much more doable, um, easy to use. And that has actually started. Um, but this is a year of change and we are we we are not fully implemented yet. And so that is it, it is having an impact on on students' ability to kind of engage fully in the process, uh, at least when it comes to making enrollment decisions. So um, Unfortunately, the um, normally and hopefully we will be all back on track next year. So this is the year of transition. So yeah. any of our class of 2025 or or students entering in the fall of 25 will not experience kind of the the challenges of this year. But um, easier to file. It opened later with a soft launch. Normally would open in October on the first. Um, it didn't wasn't released to families until December 31st this year, um, and we're still working on the tools and systems um, and data. Um, the data hasn't been released to us and likely will not be released. FAFSA data um, from about for for families to colleges until March, and so that means that need-based financial aid packages are going to come late. Yeah. Um, Pretty late when May one is still a national candidate reply date um, for most colleges and universities across the U.S. Uh, when students have to decide, many institutions are extending that to May fifteenth at this point. But we just don't know um, if if we get the data from the Department of Education in early March, then we might be able to get packages out by early to mid-April, but that still just leaves a few weeks to make decisions. So I, my my thought for that for families is, number one, you do the FAFSA no matter what, like try it. Mm -hmm. um, I think you might be surprised at how, and now that it's been open and out for a little while, I think it's a little bit easier to do. Um, there's more consistent availability to submit. Um, it is a tool to help us put together need-based financial aid for you. So you may qualify for a minimum unsubsidized loans, which have low interest rates and students don't pay until they come back. Loans are not the devil in spite of what they've been made yeah. out to be. They can be helpful tools if not ex used in extremes. Um, and so, uh, but there could be other aid that, that students may qualify for. In the meantime, continue on all of your searching and confirmation. So, so engage with schools, find ones that you really like, and um, and then uh, when that financial aid package comes through, then you can make a decision pretty quickly because you'll have all the pieces at one point then. And everybody's in the same situation right now too. Yes, um, so some schools are a little bit more impacted if they've got low income, um, significant low income populations. 
um, you know, they may be seeing a, a more of a lag in, in students making that commitment right now because they really do need to wait for the financials to come through. Um, other schools, maybe not. Maybe their populations are a little more affluent and they're, they're doing okay. But um, this really is designed to, to be able to provide additional resources for our neediest students. So we hope that they're going to continue to engage with the process and not step out. COVID was a good example where um, students who were probably most financially needy and impacted really just didn't engage. They just didn't go to college. So we hope that that's not going to be the case this year. I'm glad you said something about the, about the, the loans because that, that can be, and it, when, when, when you get out and you're maybe looking at, at a car or even a house or something, to have a, to be paying on a loan and, and to have a history there can, can really set you apart. Well, and, and student loans, you know, the federal loans um, have have great um, great rates. They're not they're going to be too taxing. In most cases, um, students may graduate if they take loans all four years with about $30,000 in debt. I'm not ad ad advocating for any of that. That is up to you and your family um, to and, and your, your comfort and threshold with that. But um, but taking loans for $100,000 or $200,000 completely, I would question right. um, the judgment of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, they're, not the, they're not as bad as everyone makes them out to be. And I, I think, you know, the, in Virginia, you have wonderful options that you're not going to have to finance at $100,000 to $200,000, um, you know, over, over your student's uh, college career. So... And when you look at that, and I guess that the, the whole thing, and we, we've, we've talked about this before, just the whole sticker shock. When, when, when you do look at that, there are a lot of things to put into perspective. Absolutely. So that generally, students do not pay that sticker price. Um, so there are a number of ways that colleges and universities try to sweeten the deal. Um, right off the bat, it could be a merit scholarship based on student, and that's the majority of scholarship out there um, from colleges and universities is, is tied to merit. Um, so the, also a word of advice, do the best you can students on, on a daily basis. Take yeah. challenging curriculums, give your all every day, because that's often um, what where we're looking to, to determine how much. But, um, you know, Ultimately, merit scholarships um, don't have any um, consideration of need. Um, there could be special talent scholarships for exactly that, special talents, whether they're athletics and you're looking at Division One or Division Two schools that may offer athletic scholarships, or um, it could be um, a, based on music and, and talent in, in those areas for marching band or a symphonic orchestra or hmm. vocal. So there are a number of talents that, that may not be need-based, and then you start to um, to look at need-based scholarship. There's there's federal aid um, that comes because you filled out the FAFSA and are eligible. Um, that also qualifies you for state grants for in-state institutions, um, both for publics and privates. Um, they have pots of money to award to, to Virginia residents to help them afford college. Um, and then loans are a piece of that too. Student employment is really actually a great way to, to kind of get some skills and contribute to your, your college um, costs as well to help take care of those. I I picked I, I worked in the in the kitchen during banquets and stuff like that and you know clean dishes and all that kinds of stuff I made some made some good money and uh, absolutely and it you know um, we and even in our own research um, at Mary Washington we have found that 
that actually is a pretty significant factor in retention. So coming back, students who have campus jobs huh. generally return at a higher rate. Um, so I worked in the bookstore all four years yeah. uh, of, of college. I was a, a student cashier and then a, a student supervisor. So it gave me supervisory experience great resume building um, opportunities, but but just the idea that you're showing up and you're committed and you're responsible, mm -hmm. yeah. all very good characteristics. Yeah. Well, there are certain people who have certain jobs. You have the you have the you have the perfect job. I mean, you uh. are the perfect person for the job that you have. It is always fun talking to you about these things. Melissa Yakubowski here this morning, the uh, the dean of admissions at the University of Mary Washington. More coming up on News Talk twelve thirty WFPA. It is eight thirty from the Fredericksburg Dot Today Online News Studios. This is News Talk twelve thirty WFBA Fredericksburg, a Centennial Broadcasting Station, focused on Fredericksburg. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. University of Mary Washington this morning. Our focus, Melissa Yakubowski is here, the Dean of Admissions at uh, at umw good uh, good stuff this morning and again a, a reminder of something we talked about a few minutes ago it's if you're a senior it's not too late or if you want to transfer but we are getting there so keep that in mind sure yeah the transfer dates actually have not really happened yet so if if you are a student who is currently at germana and looking at the fall or okay. even the summer um our summer filing dates march 1st and our fall filing date priority wise is is going to be april 1st but we will continue to work with students particularly transfer students throughout the summer okay um and there's still time for first year students as well like you know i think um this process um sort of happens on everyone's individualized schedule so there's no you know there, there certainly is sort of a a recommended timeline for all of this but there's nothing that says that you absolutely have to stick to it so if a student is deciding now that hey a four-year opportunity might be really good and i'd like to stay in our community at mary yeah. washington let's take a look then give us a call send drop us an email and let's have a conversation about it because there can really be some wonderful things that happen as a result and i guess a lot you know you know we're, we're talking about you know going and visiting campuses and, th and things like that at, at some point families have to kind of talk things through because i know of so many people like i, I somebody who's, who's has a has a child in college right now and i said so how's it going and that this this person went out of state and she was saying it's terrible you know <laughs> he misses home and so he's going to be coming closer to home he, she said it's it had nothing to do with size or anything but it was just so Distance. those kinds of things talk with your kids about absolutely so you know my my youngest um is um has been fixated on a on a college in florida that i actually think is probably a really great fit for her um but she has decided more recently that she may not want to be quite so far away from home and yeah. so uh, that is definitely a, a thing to have a conversation with about you know with your student um you know how how often could you come home like are you able to provide flights or train tickets or, hmm. um, or, you know, once the student gets there, are they there for the semester and they come home for the holidays or, or yeah. significant breaks? And, and that's really it, you know, summertime. Um, so there's, there's lots of, lots to discuss. I think, um, I know as a parent right now, uh, I am being inundated with sponsored ads in my social media stream for all of these parent services to help get your student into Ivy Leagues or the their dream college. Um, and so I, I do 
um, and encourage parents not to buy into that hype of the anxiety. They are are trying to create that in you just as much as it is for your student yeah. uh, about getting into their dream college. Um, I, I really encourage students to do a lot of groundwork and searching so that they have five first choices, you know, that, that they would be happy with, you know, when they decide to where to apply that any one of those schools is going to be a great fit for them. Um, and in, and it doesn't always work out right, you know, correctly. Um, sometimes we do transfer later because we realize one of our criteria might have not really yeah. been what we needed it to be. But um, but have good conversations. Have good conversations about finances and, and what you as a family are able to contribute to the process. Um, talk about values and and um, and the type of, of learning and environment that your student really thrives in. Um, so it, it's an and it's an ongoing conversation. It's not a one and done. It should evolve as you kind of go through the process too. It's just I, I look back and it's just so many things happen at that time of all of you know we're we're talking about you know living on your own, making your sure. own decisions, everything. It all does come at you and there's, there's really no way to prepare for it but you can't talk about it no well and and um we want your kids to be supported once they get to our campuses we want them to find yeah. their people and and live their best life like we we want mm-hmm. them to engage we want them to be successful in the classroom so we don't want to set anyone up um you know to to be unsuccessful in in those uh, endeavors but um, but even building into that, you know, decision process of where you're going to spend your college years, um, the earlier you do start as a family, the, the longer runway you have to kind of narrow things down and, and really approach it um, from uh, all, all perspectives, have lots of great conversations about that, visit lots of different campuses, um, decide what's really important. I think um, one of the things that students really need to be in the search process is flexible. Um, because things that they thought initially were really important um, as they sort of go out and visit and engage, they may find that are, are less important. So it, don't be rigid. Um, don't eliminate schools just because you've never heard of them before. Um, some of your best resources are going to be your college, your high school college counselor. Um, so, um, you know, go to the counseling office and talk with them about what they see as, as um, ideal fits for you too. So engage with them in the process and then set yourself up academically to have the most choices um, available to you. So that means taking good classes and, and doing the best you can on a, a daily basis, really putting your best effort forward every day in, yeah. in school yeah and, and is it important to, to, to do extracurricular stuff does that does that help I you know extracurriculars are um, I think a lot of students look at them um, as a way to offset um, poor academic behavior huh. like you know and, yeah. and that's that's not the way they need to be looked at right and um, and so that's not necessarily going to save you in an, in an admission process um, but at the same time I think that um, they also feel that they need a laundry list of activities and that's not the case either I think um, a few and and certainly coming out of COVID that was a that was a huge impact where students were shut down yeah. you know all the things that brought them joy outside of the classroom they they could no longer be engaged with but um that's building back up but i i don't think you have to have a list of 10 superficial kinds of things i think one or two really meaningful activities where you can maybe demonstrate leadership or commitment over time um, maybe it's something that you're really you're truly committed to um, uh, service learning or an athletic 
opportunity. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a laundry list, um, but, but commitment over time is really good. A lot of colleges have changed as far as getting into colleges. Is, you know, the testing, mm. the SATs, I mean, you know, that was just if you because I had such a low math score and it just was it was terror to me. I me had, too. Oh, actually, actually, no, my math score was really good, which I didn't understand because math was a struggle. I struggled, so I just I didn't. And it, 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 my SAT score was not good, and so to me that was just a a, a big deal. But testing is not as important. Is, is or I don't know if it's not as important, but it's not. Is it not weighted as as heavily? Well, you know, another. COVID kind of pandemic change where um, many of the selective, just because the availability during the pandemic of sitting for an SAT um, didn't exist, um, many schools went test optional. And and uh, many did that under the guise of um, uh, temporary plans or, you know, um, research and trying to assess whether or not that would, that would remain permanent. Um, now, you know, three years out of that um, situation with availability, and, and actually the SAT is about to undergo a pretty significant change in the coming year um, with, a di with digital offerings. Um, schools are reverting in some cases. Um, several of the, the Ivy Leagues have announced that they will reinstate test requirements oh. uh, for admission purposes. Okay. So some are sticking to their guns. I mean, I, I, we, um, I, I am of the philosophy that you can make really great admissions decisions um, holistically without a test score, just fine. But in, a, in some cases, um, this is a method for, for them to, to be selective and, and to mm -hmm. use. And so um, going into the, for the class of 2025, the fall of 2025, if they're looking at college, this is gonna be a situation where they really are, should look at the college requirements to see if it's been reinstated for their particular institutions. I'm not seeing widespread adoption of test requirements again, SAT or ACT. Um, there are also different flavors of sort of test optional. Yeah. Um, so there's test flexible where students can use AP uh, or IB scores instead of SAT or ACT scores. So it will be one of those um, criteria that really depends on the institution and they'll need to look at that. And like you've said a couple of times, bottom line, make sure when you go to school every day, you're doing your best and put your best foot forward in, in just your just having your, your your high school transcript make that as as good as, as, as good as solid can. as you can and and i will say too that that um we look at trends and so if students did not get off to the best start but are on an upward trend with engagement and grades and curriculum um a little bit later that there can be recovery and they can be just as successful in in the admission process as as others so um um, so good trends, positive trends, not downward trends toward the end, but upward trends. So that, that, that's that's, <laughs> another, that's another another good point. That's why you're good at what you do. You 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 were able. That's this is this is uh, this is really good stuff. We were talking about paying for college, and one of the things we didn't talk about the uh, the the Pell UMW tuition promise that that's something that's out there. Absolutely. So our our um, our new rollout um, this year for for students. Um, to really try and support them in the process um, is targeted low, targeting low-income students. And so while um, we're still waiting for FAFSA information to kind of confirm yeah. Pell eligibility, so this would be determined um, by completing the FAFSA and going through that process, um, we are at least um, sharing that we are committed to 
making sure that there is no gap in, in tuition. Uh, in the cost of tuition for our most needy students. And so um, anyone uh, who is Pell eligible, we will make sure that between federal aid, state aid, and, and institutional aid that they are covered, um, the cost of tuition is covered. Um, so it's a commitment um, Mary Washington is making. I think um, we're, we're certainly excited to see how this help students um, not just enroll at Mary Washington, but be able to continue at Mary Washington. There are a couple of other um, initiatives on the table that, that are really geared at retention, um, particularly for some intervention. Um, financially, um, most students end up stopping out because of financial reasons, um, and so we want to make sure that that's the case, uh, that they are supported in, in, um, in different ways to, to continue. That's the, the the one thing, and and why it is is important not to just look at that 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 number and just think you know oh my goodness this can't be done. Colleges, universities, they want to work with you. We do. And and the 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 the, the people in financial aid are really friendly and nice and want to work with you. And you you, it's not just always what it looks like on the that 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 number looks like. There there, there are people that want to help. Absolutely. I, you know, I, as a parent too, I'm, I, I've also sat through a couple of different financial sessions and, and yeah. planning and, and not everyone has the same resources sort of coming in, um, in, even in the, the runway for planning, you know, 529s, what's the, what are the benefits or, or, um, disadvantages maybe of, of a 529. Um, what, you know, talking about loans, um, they're, like I said, they're not always terrible, um, but, but you don't want to go crazy on that. So, um, we really do want to try to, to help students through this process and understand all the resources that are available to them. But we often don't know unless a student like raises their hand and says, Hey, can we talk about this? So, um, while, Financial aid package is not necessarily negotiable. I've, I have heard that, like everything is up to negotiation. That also kind of depends on the institution. Okay. Um, so, um, but it does ne it never hurts to ask questions mm -hmm. and make sure that you've done everything correctly, that you are taking advantage of all the resources. So, um, the admissions staff, the financial aid staff are are there to help you find ways to, to make it possible. And so uh, absolutely, we want to do our best and, and have conversations if students have concerns along those lines. One final break, we'll come back and talk with uh, Melissa Yakubowski about applications. We talked about this before and it was hilarious, some of the stories you had about, about applications and things. But we'll talk about when you do decide to, to apply and uh, some of the things to, uh, to, uh, to shoot for. Good stuff this morning. UMW Admissions, Melissa Yakubowski here. We'll be uh, right back on News Talk 1230 WFEA. Are you between the ages of 20? Melissa Yakubowski in this morning from the University of Mary Washington, the Dean of Admissions, as we talk just about uh, colleges and applications. And uh, speaking of applications, what, what do you recommend? Well, uh, I don't recommend maybe starting there um, by... Uh, that you f you start it the night before it's due. Um, so give yourself yeah. some time to like put your best foot forward. So the essays you do read them. We do, we do. So um, and and again, it's going to depend on the institution what what they require. But um, but these days, many of us really take a holistic approach um, to to application review, and it's kind of like a puzzle. 
each piece is is kind of providing a um, a perspective, and you don't really see the full picture until you put all the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Um, so you know whether that's your your actual application for admission and your course curriculum and your grades, how you're doing in those courses, or standardized test scores or not, um, or the extracurriculars that we talked about a little bit earlier, how they fit in, personal statements or essays are part of that too, and um, and then letters of recommendation. So there there could be any combination. We Some schools actually use interviews as part of, of their process mm. to, to kind of make decisions. Some use them just for context and information gathering. So, um, so definitely there are multiple pieces, but um, my colleague Sarah, who who um, I, I mentioned earlier today used to talk about or does talk about it being like a pizza. And so the crust is really your application and the sauce is really your curriculum and the cheese is your grades. And you really can't have a pizza without, without those three things. And you really can't have a college application without those three things. Those are, are critical to the process. But everything, um, toppings are, are your extras. And, and so that could be, you know, co-curriculars and, and your talents or your interviews as part of that process. So um, you could have a great cheese pizza, but you know, the toppings are kind of added bonuses. And yeah. and, um, and so uh, they don't necessarily replace a key element of the pizza itself. Um, so keep that in mind, like we talked about a little bit earlier with uh, with extracurriculars, they, they're not gonna be the be all and end all, but um, but they do make it taste better and uh, and, and really en- enjoyable, so. And it is competitive. And if it, it, if it comes down to something, maybe it is that interview that you did, or maybe it is some one of the one like you again you talk about if you're in high school now put your best foot forward and if you've got good high school grades or you've been consistent in certain things and demonstrate interest i think that's probably a key Hmm. component that's overlooked and that's another topping on your pizza so um, engaging with um, admissions activities as much as you can we understand that sometimes you you can't travel you know there are limitations budget wise time wise but but do what you can um open your emails connect with your counselor um try to attend a visit at your high school or a college fair we are actually tracking all of those things to see how interested you are in us as well um so when you have an opportunity to demonstrate interest in in the schools you're looking at do it if i really want to go to mary washington Maybe I, I do establish a relationship with you. You know who I am. I'm asking you questions. And when I show up, you're like, oh, I, you know, I Absolutely. know you. And that, that would, that would. Ha- we ha- love, we yeah. love to. And, and one of the best things about um, applications, um, particularly because we do get to read and learn uh, more personal things about them through essays and, and additional statements, um, is, is when we actually get to meet you in person. It's a lot right. of fun. It's a lot of fun. We'd like to see you here. We're, we're advocating for you in, in the decision process. Um, and then when we get to see you enroll, and then ultimately when we get to see you graduate four years from then, it's really a, a full circle moment. A lot of fun. And there, there really are a lot of advantages to Mary Washington. We talked earlier about location, location, location. And spring is just i mean go walk around the campus in the spring absolutely it's just wonderful we have an open house coming up on march 29th so i know that our local schools are off that day if you are not traveling on on good friday march 29th come and spend the day at mary washington it's a great place to start it's a great place to finish mm-hmm. um but uh but come explore and see what what we have to offer march 29th an open house at, at uh, umw 
Melissa, thank you so much. This is great. We're going to do this again much, much, much more when you came in last fall. I just thought we have to do this more. So we'll, we'll do it good. again. Good good information. And you can bring Sarah the next time. I will. I will. Melissa Yadkabowski, Dean of Admissions at UMW. That is it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks for listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. The views expressed by the hosting guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. The Glenn Beck program is next on News Talk 1230 WFVA, focused on Fredericksburg. I'm Bob Sizemore, retired pastor of Fairview Baptist Church, and I'd like you to put aside the problems of the day and think about God for a moment. I would also like to share a verse of scripture which I hope will remind you of how much God loves you and that you are safe in his hands. In Psalm 46, we read these words, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And please be reminded that you are never alone and that God who holds the whole world in his hands holds you also. He will never leave you. And if God is with and for you, how can anyone or anything prevail against you? From the Fredericksburg Dot Today online news studios, this is News Talk 1230 WFBA Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station. It's nine o'clock. ABC News, I'm Sherry Preston. It's election day in Michigan. Donald